After all, it had been Jack who'd taught her how, and Jack who'd encouraged her and her best friend May to enter the fiercely competitive races that had been held on dirt tracks all over the county before the declaration of war. The tracks are leaving, bellowed the red-faced Sergeant Major. Last round of board will be on Jankers for a week. Move it, you horrible lot, or you'll feel me boot up your backsides. Bye, love, Jack winked turned swiftly away and ran for the nearest truck. Rita watched as the flow of scurrying men ebbed. She kept her gaze fixed on her father as he leaned out from beneath the tarpaulin roof and waved, and then the trucks were moving away in a roar of engines and clouds of exhaust fumes. She raised her hand to him, the tears finally rolling hotly down her face. Goodbye, Dad, she whispered. Please come home safe. She waited until the last truck was out of sight before she turned away and donned the leather motorcycle helmet and goggles. There were other women among the crowd that she knew well, and Peggy Riley would have been one of them if Rita had not insisted upon coming alone. This was a time for contemplation, not talk, or even offers of comfort. That would have been too hard to bear, and she acknowledged the other's sad, brave smiles with a nod as they slowly and silently left the seafront and headed for homes that would feel so very empty now their menfolk had left. As she buckled the helmet under her chin and adjusted the goggles, Rita watched the well-wishers disperse and was suddenly overwhelmed by loss. Her father was gone, and until this war was won she would have to carry on without his love, guidance and companionship. The seafront barricades and gun emplacements blurred as the tears fell, and she had to resist the powerful urge to go straight to Beachview Boarding House, fling herself into Peggy Riley's motherly arms and cry until there were no tears left. She sniffed the tears away. It was time to be brave, to prove she was perfectly capable of standing on her own two feet and getting on with things. She couldn't falter at the first hurdle. Determined to prove her father's faith in her ability to cope, she swung her leg over the seat, started the engine, and headed away from the seafront, the bike's throaty roar drowning out her sobs and the accompanying mournful cries of the gulls. Barrow Lane was one of a series of narrow, cobbled streets that radiated from the high brick wall of the goods yard at the back of the station, A vast gasometer towered over everything, stealing the sunlight for most of the year and casting its deep shadow across the streets. Life was conducted against the background sounds of steam engines and iron wheels clattering over the rails, noises few of them even heard anymore. Unlike the posh area of Havelock Gardens, there were no trees or pretty flowerbeds and lawns in Barrow Lane, just front doors that opened onto the street and grim backyards housing the outside labs. There had been talk of demolishing the whole area, for the terraces were run down, the red brick darkened by years of soot and smoke from the trains, the paintwork flaking and ingrained with grime. But with the onset of war, any plans the council might have had were set aside, and there was a sense of relief within the tight-knit community, for, like Rita, most of them had been born here and couldn't contemplate living anywhere else. 
After leaving the seafront, she had driven the bike hard, taking a roundabout route home in an attempt to recover some semblance of calm before she had to face Papatino and Louise. But the pain of parting was still too raw, and it was unsettling to return to an empty house and find none of the familiar bustle surrounding the family garage, which was now closed for the duration. Her slender figure and elfin face belied her strength, and she ably negotiated the cumbersome Norton across the weed-strewn cobbles of the narrow lane, and brought it to a halt outside the large wooden doors her father had padlocked that morning. Their terraced house was at the end of the row, with a piece of scrubland beside it that was always overshadowed by the high brick wall of the station shunting yards. The ground floor had been converted into a garage many years ago by her grandfather, the scrubland roughly paved to accommodate a petrol pump and extra.